Hello, and welcome to the Outlier Podcast, the podcast for everyone who is interested in building better homes. My name is Anthony, and I am the founder and lead designer of Outlier, and I'm passionate about creating beautiful and high-performing homes. I sit down regularly to chat with industry experts to help educate Australians about the potential of creating healthy, comfortable, and energy-efficient homes. Whether you are looking to build your forever home, renovate your existing house, or simply eager to learn more, tune in every month wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you join us on this journey. I have been very fortunate with the journey of this podcast to chat with many experts and knowledgeable people. As new people come to the podcast every week, we want to take all the highlights and helpful information from previous discussions to provide them to you to assist you with your own high-performance home journey. Yeah, basically your solar panel has a layer of silicon solar cells inside it, which are protected by a glass sheet. Um, And so this silicon is doped in a chemical that gives it uh, a positive and negative charge. And um, yeah, essentially what happens is you get photons or, or energy coming from the light. It comes and hits this silicon and the electrons inside the silicon atoms um, then begin to travel towards um, towards uh, each end of the solar panel, of the silicon cell, I should say. Uh, and then so electricity begins to flow because the electrons have been excited enough to take the jump to the other side of the cell. And, uh, and that's, that's electricity as we know it. And so that gives us what's called a direct flow, oh, sorry, direct current electricity. So that's just the steady flow of electricity flowing through a cable. Um, and then, so that's the same as what we get in our little AA batteries and things like that. That's what we're used to. Uh, however, in our house, that's not compatible uh, with our house. Our houses actually use what's called alternating current. So if you've ever um, grabbed a camera and filmed a, a light that's on in your house, you'll notice that it's flickering. You can't see it with your eye, but your camera will see the lights flickering. It's because the current's alternating through the lights, actually going pulsing back and forth, back and forth really fast. Um, And so to make this energy from your solar panels usable uh, by your house, we have to put it through an inverter, or should be called a converter. It converts it from uh, direct current to alternating current, uh, and then it can be used by your house uh, and can be used to the grid as well. So you'll just have your own little power station up there on the roof. Um, and yeah, so it's cool to know how it works because uh, as I've just said, it's actually powered by light, not by heat. So some people think oh, it's 45 degrees outside, solar system must be roaring today, but it's actually um, not quite the case. Actually 25 degrees is normally around your optimum temperature and you actually start to get a D rating as it gets hotter. So. Anyone listening somewhere cold, miserable like Kyneton or Ballarat, um, yeah, solar could <laughs> still be for you. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, that's, that's cool. And then with the electricity, it'll come down from the roof through the inverter into your house uh, and ultimately, hopefully, it'll get all used up by your house. If there's anything le- extra left over, it'll get sent back into the grid and you'll get a little money for it from the um, from power company. There's two sort of big words that we'll throw around. One is feed-in tariff or feed-in credit, and the other one is a rebate. So the first one, coming off the back of what I've just said about putting energy into the grid, that's a feed-in into the grid. So you get a feed-in tariff or feed-in credit on your electricity bill for that. 
So you'll get about six cents per kilowatt hour um, for that. Um, important thing to pause and explain as well, a kilowatt hour, because um, a kilowatt and a kilowatt hour are not the same thing. So basically a uh, one is a unit of energy uh, and one is a rate of energy. So think of it, um, if we use water, for example, uh, a kilowatt could be a litre per second. Uh, so it's the rate that we're creating electricity. It's instantaneous. So we're creating one kilowatt of electricity. Um, and then a kilowatt hour is uh, that energy multiplied, that power multiplied by the time that it's done for. So if we're producing one kilowatt of electricity for a whole hour, that's uh, one kilowatt times one hour equals one kilowatt hour. So that's, so yeah, you, maybe it's better to think of, um, yeah, kilowatts like litres per second and a kilowatt hour is how many litres of electricity are actually produced. So for every litre you send back to the grid, you'll get sort of six or seven cents now, which isn't as much as it used to. Um, but as I think we'll talk about probably later, I'm a big fan of monitoring and, and really being tuned into your system. So you make your money by keeping it in the bank this day, by not purchasing power from the grid, just being as self-reliant as you can. Um, yeah, my goal actually isn't to pump energy back into the grid for, for you or for my customers. It's to um, be, use your self-consumption, self get that as high as you can for using your own energy. Um, and then, so that's the feed-in tariffs or the feed-in credits. And then the other big word, of course, is the rebates. This is why we all pay taxes, get free government, free money from our governments. And um, in Australia, we're lucky enough, we've got three governments, uh, federal, state, and local council, and two of them are giving us free money. So that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so first rebate is the federal rebate. That's uh, called the STCs. Then the second rebate is the solar victoria rebate here in victoria i think other states like south australia have them as well um, and so at the moment in uh, the first half of 2022 because it reduces every financial year uh, eligible for one thousand four hundred dollars from the state government uh, and for if you're putting a pv system on or you can't have both of these but you can have one or the other if you're putting a battery in and um, you can get three thousand five hundred dollars at the moment for a battery rebate so uh, it is quite um, attractive especially the battery one a lot of people think that they'll get batteries down the line when they get cheaper but um, with the rebate as high as that and dropping every financial year um, yeah I'd encourage people to think about well, maybe now's the time to get a battery so yeah and then important just eligibility criteria for that while we're here is um, for the state federal rebates there's no criteria besides just having an inverter and being less than 100 kilowatts, which won't trouble any of our customers on residential homes. Um, and so, yeah, eligibility is the two people on, or, or more, I guess, two people on the rates notice. Um, their combined income needs to be less than $180,000 a year. And the property must be worth less than $3 million. There's a couple options here. The state government will offer you, so with the PV, they'll offer you $1,400 as an interest and fee-free loan. Um, and so, yeah, it's just $1,400 taken off the upfront costs and you'll just pay that back to the government. Uh, it's a direct debit type of situation. I think it's like $40 a month, uh, which works out to be about three years, I think, yeah. Um, and then alternatively, here at Solar Pro Bendigo, we've got a, a finance partner as well. So we can put you 
not excuse me, we can put a quote for you to, to get that fully financed. And often uh, I've been quite amazed actually when I put them together and go, that's actually cash flow positive. Like your electricity bill, your new electricity bill plus your finance repayments is actually cheaper than your electricity bill right now. So, and then wow. so you just, you ride the wave with, sure, your savings are marginal, um, but you ride that for five years and then you just start printing money after that. You pay the system off and, and away you go. Like, I was just like, shoot, a lot of people wouldn't know, but you actually can't afford not to get solar. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of people that, that don't see value in batteries, but I, I really do like them. Um, they don't have as attractive uh, return on investment uh, specs as a solar system by itself. Um, but the things that attract me to wanting to put a battery in my house are just day-to-day cash flow. So if you've got a $0 bill, um, that's just really makes things easy, right? So especially like if you're going to retire into you downsize your home and retire, um, and you're sort of drawing money or from the sale of your last house or something, I think it's a great um, thing to spend your money on is a battery and solar system that's going to mean that, you know, when you're retired and you're getting a weekly income from your super fund or whatever, um, that you don't have an electricity bill coming out of that. You've already covered it. You were smart when you bought the house and, and set yourself up, really. So, so that's number one, just day-to-day cash flow for me. Um, well, there's actually three. Number two, I should honourable mention to the environment. You've got clean, green, renewable energy. You'd be completely self-sufficient. Um, and obviously, there'd be no emissions associated with that. And the third thing is that you've got whole house backup. So um, often, yeah, if someone's going to run into a light pole, or what is it called, a transmission tower or something like that, and bring the power down in the whole street, Often most batteries can back up your entire house, and so you don't even realise that you're that you're off, that the grid's not on because the battery kicks in and lights don't even flicker. You just get a text message from your battery saying, "Hey, I've got you back, my friend," and, and you party on. Mm. That's not the way that you that we deal with solar. The way to make money from solar is by not buying electricity from the grid. So it's just being self-reliant, self-sufficient. And so if you don't have a battery in particular, monitoring is the way that um, you can actually just get everything out of your system. So you can have a look at your app and say, you'll see a curve of like when your solar was producing and you'll see a little black line of when you're um, using electricity and you'll see little spikes when dishwashers and washing machines come on. And so basically it's just so important that you look at that every now and again, you look back on the day and you say, Oh, there's a black spike just outside the, the yellow curve there. So it, basically the easy way to do it is anything underneath this yellow bell curve on your app, that was free. That didn't cost you anything. So I, I say people just go nuts during the middle of the day. Like, Does the grid need to be redesigned? The answer to that is is yes, but often people blame us. They blame the solar industry for the grid needing to be redesigned. So solar isn't the reason the grid needs to, to be redesigned. The reason the grid needs to be redesigned is because our current method of creating electricity is really dirty and destroying our planet. <laughs> so, so we have to do something anyway. We have to move away from coal power for... Um, because it's yeah destroying the planet, creating emissions, all sorts of problems. And so um, 
it's just a, a way of life that while we're redesigning it anyway and we're looking at the solutions, we look at the solution, we look to solar and we look to wind and, and we go, well, how do these energy sources operate? And let's design the system around these energy sources. And so there's sort of many sub problems within um, going to rely on renewable energy like with solar, for example. A big problem is that all the energy is produced in the middle of the day while a lot of people are at work. Um, and often there's like often not heaps of demand at that time. So supply can outstrip demand. So yes, we actually are redesigning the grid. Uh, there's a new term called a virtual power plant, wherein yeah, eventually we'll, we'll tear up a power plant, like a coal powered one, split it up into a thousand uh, homes with solar and batteries on them. And then, yeah, your solar will get soaked up into all these batteries that are all connected to the grid. And then when there's a demand or when there's no demand, these batteries can be triggered remotely. You opt into this. It's not forced by, or by any means, but you opt into this. You'll get paid well for it, like $200 a year for participating. Um, all the batteries can work together as one big sponge. They can soak up that excess in the middle of the day and then they can release it back at night. Um, and for the individual homeowner on, on a micro scale, you're always financially better off because the there's no maintenance costs of a coal power plant anymore. So they're paying you that money to, you know, to let them access your battery and solar. So uh, that's a really cool thing. And the other part to that question was do, yeah, are we going to get, I've heard that's called the solar tax. People are scared about the solar tax. They're going to start charging us to send electricity back into the grid, the red flags happening everywhere. It's, um, that is uh, something that PowerCore's come out and said that they won't be doing until 2025, I think at least. Um, and even when they, if they do do it, um, the distributor, so in our region's PowerCore or City Power, they um, they need to have a really good reason for needing that to sort of finance the the redesign of the grid. Because the grid, yeah, it wasn't really designed to have energy sources scattered throughout it. It was originally just one energy source in the Latrobe Valley, and then they just Carted it around the state so there's some costs associated with that and so you've got to pay for it somehow um but yeah you'll always be better off like you'll like you normally make say 300 a year from exporting electricity to the grid you might be taxed with 50 dollars a year it's not a huge deal and um if you ask me you should be using your app and, and you shouldn't really be exporting that much to the grid anyway you should be getting a battery or getting an electric car or um putting the dishwasher on a timer and running it during the day while you're at work. So, so if your roof's looking bad or um, you're structurally not sure that this old weatherboard house is going to take the 20 kilos per panel, um, that could be one, but it's very rare that, that we find someone that's um, not suitable. The only other one is a, a pressed aluminium tile. If anyone out there has any of those, um, I'm not sure that any installers want to be touching those because they are notorious for getting roof leaks after solar installers have a crack at them. So we don't really touch those anymore. They're pretty rare. If you're building a shed um, that you want to put solar on, please give us a call um, or your electrician a call, but yeah, preferably a solar electrician because the cable that connects your house to your shed has to be the right size so if you just go for the cheapest shed you can find and the cable run is part of the shed deal it might not be big enough to actually export solar back to the grid so just give us a call first so we can size that up for you and make sure it's 
done right and we're not digging a $3,000 trench to fix it. I sort of, I sort of hate saying this, but we'll go with a 6.6 kilowatt system. That's the number, it's the magic number in the solar industry. I'd love to know why, but, um, but anyway, <laughs> it is what it is. So most people install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system on, on their houses. Yeah. Can you maybe quickly explain what, um, what that means? Yeah. So that's talking about, um, the wattage of the solar panels combined on your roof. Um, so often, yeah, if you had, we have three seventy watt panels and we have 18 of them together, it's, uh, 6,660 watts or 6.6 kilowatts, a kilowatt being a thousand watts. Um, and then that's often paired with a five kilowatt inverter. So we do oversize the, the panels to the inverter, which is good just because we don't have full sunlight all the time. So if we have 80% sunlight, but we've got 130% oversizing of our inverter, then we can still get that, that five kilowatt output that we're hoping for. Um, so yeah, that's a really popular system. Um, a lot of people probably don't need that much solar, to be honest, they're just exporting it to the grid and not getting much for it. And some people need more if they've got swimming pools, electric cars, big split systems and things like that. Um, but nevertheless, that seems to be the, the most popular one that I'm seeing. Um, just around. Once you type solar in Google once, 6.6 kilowatt ads will haunt you forevermore. But, um, <laughs> so if we run with that, I'll be, the, I'll, I'll be the, the cookie cutter designer that I had to be. And um, yeah, so a 6.6 kilowatt solar system um, is usually anywhere from five to like $7,000. Yeah, so um, depends on the quality of the products that you go for. It's like everything you can buy, a, you know, if you're looking for a car, you only need something that's got four wheels and an engine, but um, there's different things that you can look at to, um, to make it work better for your needs. So. Yeah, so our most popular battery is the Tesla Powerwall. So that's about uh, $15,000, $15, $15,500 um, at the moment. Uh, and then when we apply the, the rebate for that, then we, um, we come down uh, yeah, three and a half grand. So it brings us back to sort of $12,000-ish. Um, but obviously that's sort of like our cookie cutter, perfect. Everything's in the right place. Room in the, room in the switchboard, um, you know. But yeah, if we're running cables to the other end of the suburb and, um, and bits and pieces like that, um, then obviously there's additional costs with that. Tesla actually is quite a big battery as well, 13 and a half kilowatt hours, or if we go back to, to liters of electricity, it's, it's quite a lot. Um, so, I mean, it's good for a lot of people. So if you've got sort of, I'll put that in the ballpark of like two adults, two or three kids, but if it's just sort of two people by themselves, um, you're probably not going to get great use out of the full 13 and a half kilowatt hours. So yeah, we have um, a little Australian redback battery that we uh -huh. like here. Um, and so, and the thing I like about this one is, and there's another one called a BYD, which pairs with a Fronius as well, um, is that, yeah, it's smaller. I can actually, it's got modules of batteries inside it, so I can scale it up and down uh, based on what I think you need. Um, and also, it's got a hybrid inverter built into it. So, with the Tesla, it has its own inverter um built into the battery, but then you still need a solar inverter as well. Whereas a hybrid is your solar inverter and your battery inverter together. So if you're doing it at right the first time, 
um, and you know you want to get a battery up front, you can save, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars because you've only needed one inverter there as well. It looks neat um, and it saves you money. It's actually slightly more efficient as well. So we've got a little red back that we quite like. Um, comes in That's at great. yeah, quite a good price. And yeah, you just plug the solar panels directly into it. So I'm a big fan of that. Thank you for listening to the Outlier Podcast. You can find helpful links and contact information regarding this episode in our show notes and on our website, outlierstudio.com.au forward slash podcast. If you like our show, please leave a review and make sure you subscribe to never miss a new episode. If you have further questions for us or would want to share some additional feedback, please feel free to DM us on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time on the Outlier Podcast.